0: Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. Attracted to recent high dollar acquisitions, consumer demand for healthy and sustainable options, and the opportunities created by a diversifying retail landscape, the number of investors Locking to the food and beverage industry continues to grow exponentially, as does the amount of capital that they're willing to bet on increasingly earlier stage companies. According to research from CB Insights, the number of investors in the food and beverage sector tripled from 2013 to 2017, jumping from about 128 to more than 450 players who range from venture capital funds, private equity firms, corporations, and angel investors. The amount of money they're investing in the sector also is going up. Food and Tech Connect reported that venture capital sunk $1.08 billion across 99 deals in the food and beverage space in 2017, which is up 87.8% from the 66 deals that Dow Jones Venture Sources reported in 2016. But what does it take for eager entrepreneurs to catch the eyes of these investors and to find a strategic partner that's the right fit? In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, the co-founder of the venture capital group Boulder Food Group, Tom Spear, shares what his team is looking for in potential partnerships with early stage food and beverage companies as part of its recently announced second fund. Earlier this year, Boulder Food Group closed its oversubscribed second fund at more than $100 million, and in doing so, it opened the door for as many as a dozen food and beverage companies to secure capital and guidance that they'll need to break out from the competition and scale up. As Spear explained, much of the fund comes from sources who previously entrusted Boulder Food Group with capital in its first fund, which was worth about $50 million. He added that this validates the VC firm's ability to make wise investments and help young companies succeed. He also notes that some of the fund's limited partners bring more to the table than just capital.
1: Yeah, so, so uh, we have a very similar LP base as the first fund. Uh, you know, we're thankful that you know we've done you know well enough with with the first fund that our existing investors. Uh, Feel that it's appropriate to continue to, to back us. Uh, so you know, generally we are you know working with high net worth families. We we do have a couple organizations that we we work with that are a bit more institutional in nature. One is a Dutch bank called Rabobank, uh, which is not super well known in, in the United States, but uh, they are a global bank and outside of the Netherlands where they're headquartered, they only really work in food and agriculture. So that's a unique relationship, and it does help us in other ways as well beyond just the fact that they're a great capital partner uh they have you know terrific research um you know they've got a you know large investment banking team um you know they've got a lot a lot of resources that we can you know tap into at times uh so it's a very similar investor base, and uh you know in terms of the process of raising you know the fund it it's probably a lot like the process that you know, operators go through when they're raising capital for their enterprises. It's, you know, certainly a lot of conversations, walking people forward, and, you know, trying to really, you know, do your best to answer questions they have about the opportunity um, that we're, we're looking for.
0: Spire says these opportunities involve innovative companies that Boulder Food Group believes have the potential to disrupt their categories and which are at a much earlier stage than some other investors would be willing to take on.
1: Uh, you know, our goals are to, to find approximately a dozen great partners that hopefully have incredibly disruptive innovation that will uh, be able to drive a, a lot of growth and you know, take a, a significant portion of market share in whatever market area of opportunity the company is working in. So, yes, certainly there are a lot of talented investors in our space. Uh, you know, we tend to focus on the earlier stage. You know, some of the the firms that have been working in our sector for quite a while have tended to start to, to move upstream and working on you know businesses that are quite a bit larger. You know, we even though we have grown a bit from our first fund to now our second fund, you know, we do, you know, still have a really keen emphasis on early stage opportunities. And I think for those early stage opportunities, um, you know, we are probably one of the, the better checks available given our knowledge in the industry. You know, this is all we do every day. We don't work on healthcare businesses or financial service businesses. We are always thinking about consumer packaged good businesses. So, you know, we have a lot of wonderful connections and relationships that I think ultimately, you know, bring a lot of value to our partners.
0: Other than that clear dictum, Spire says that the Boulder Food Group tries to keep an open mind by not limiting where within the food and beverage industry it might find the next breakout company. However, he does note that it tends to focus more on established categories.
1: We tend not to, you know, necessarily be focused on any single category. We, we're we looking, you know, across the entire, you know, universe of food and beverage at any given time. And, you know, I think, you know, generally we're going to be looking at, at categories that are fairly well established that have, you know, a fair bit of scale already. I mean, sometimes there are opportunities that we'll go after that, uh, you know, they're a bit more niche in the fact that, you know, maybe the category doesn't exist yet for their concept, but usually it still fits within a broader segment. So, you know, I'll make an example of that as, you know, Chameleon Cold Brew, which, you know, we partnered with Chameleon. It was one of the earliest uh, beverages to launch in the cold brew space, but, you know, it was a coffee company, and there was already a well-established coffee category. So while while the company was doing some trailblazing in the category uh there was only so much learning that the consumer had to go through in order to start to adopt and, you know, change from maybe you know buying a a Starbucks Frappuccino to a uh, you know chameleon cold brew.
0: While the Boulder Food Group remains open to companies from different categories, Spire says there are a few areas and trends on which the firm is paying close attention, including whole foods that serve as the foundation for leading diets such as keto and paleo in addition he said that cbe and plant based alternatives are high interest areas you
1: know things like keto um and paleo um you know i think that it's you know certainly up to the consumers to to decide ultimately how you know whether these are trends or, or fads uh you know the the investors you know they can throw money at it but it's not you know up to the investors really it's all about the consumers uh so yeah we're you know certainly you know, trying to really have a fundamental understanding of, you know, why something may be here to stay a bit longer. Uh, You know, we tend to believe in, you know, real clean food, um, whole foods, and uh, certain, you know, know, diet trends that are built on uh, a foundation of, you know, real whole food. I think, you know, in my estimation, is more likely to be you know, a longer-term trend as opposed to just a flash in the pan. And even if if the name, you know, over time, I mean, you know, these kind, of, some of these kind of diet uh, trends have have kind of built on top of each other. I mean, at first gluten-free kind of be, became really the, the the diet that everyone was talking about, and then you know, paleo, and then keto, and but you know, they're all just they're they're a little bit, you know, they're close to one another in a lot of ways, and. You know, maybe becoming a little bit tighter and and you know, one might say more extreme, but you know, they're definitely building. I think on a platform of you know, kind of whole real ingredients, which we generally believe in. We're certainly paying attention to to the CBD side of the equation. Uh, it's hard not to to you know, pay attention to it at this point. There's just so much interest in it, um, and you know, there's so many products coming to market every every week. It seems like that are you know certainly you know competing for for a similar consumer but you know what we've seen from a data standpoint in terms of the the percentage of consumers that are actually interested in trying cbd and, and potentially you know integrating it into their their lifestyle it's a, it's impressive so you know we're, we're tracking that and i think it doesn't mean that every company out there should start making cbd products but there is a there is a Market being created here, and it's probably going to be pretty sizable, is my 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 guess. So we're tracking that. Uh, you know, plant-based alternatives is an area that we're incredibly interested in uh, for sustainability reasons, and then also the growth side of it. Uh, you know, obviously it's uh, it's an area that's been growing for for a while, and uh, we believe that it'll continue to grow. You know, we're more likely to to play that type of opportunity again through you know real whole food opportunities as opposed to uh, more of a you know scientific lab based approach um, but uh yeah plant-based alternatives is uh super neat
0: the degree of importance that Boulder Food group places on these categories can be seen in an existing portfolio
1: yeah so we we definitely have companies that are participating in, you know, these various areas. Uh, You know, our our partners at Birch Vendors, the the, breakfast company that started with uh, pancakes, Um, you know, they're certainly um, having nice success with some of this innovation on the keto front and the paleo front, so uh, that's been been exciting to be be a part of and watch. Uh, The organic uh, nut milk company, Malk, uh, they you know, are certainly experiencing, you know, very nice growth uh, through the, you know, plant-based dairy alternatives that they've launched and, you know, their their variety of uh, nut milks. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think that, you know, pretty much everything we've talked about, you know, there's some company in our portfolio that's kind of playing in it or will be playing in it. Uh, you know, these trends are, are too big and, and certainly, you know, it's, uh the retailers are asking for these products
0: other hot trends including sugar reduction high fiber prebiotics and gut health also are reflected in Boulder food group's first investment from its second fund in Olipop
1: uh, Olipop is a uh, is a low sugar soda alternative and it's uh, it's, it's sold in uh, cans so uh, similar to you know kind of a traditional you know kind of uh, I guess, Soda company might how they might sell their product. Uh, these products are high in prebiotics, and so you know we feel like that's a, a really important uh, shift here. As consumers, not only are, are you know using probiotics to you know help have a healthy uh, kind of gut and gut environment, but you know also taking prebiotics and having enough fiber in your diet. So you know you really have the foundation. From which to to you know really have that healthy gut, um, so I think you know that's really the the key to the investment you know in our, we believe the brand is beautiful, uh, the packaging is beautiful, uh, the price point is approachable and, and achievable for for a lot of folks. It's certainly you know not not at a price point like a sparkling you know water you know category that's you know becoming more and more commoditized. But, you know, a product that really, you know, is, uh, is a bit more premium than that and is delivering hopefully more than just hydration. But, um, you know, obviously great taste as well as health benefits through the prebiotics.
0: The firm's first investment of its second fund also highlights other emerging trends, including sugar reduction, high fiber, prebiotics and gut health. But beyond the actual product or brand and how it fits into these macro trends, Spires as the Boulder Food Group evaluates potential investments based in part on their growth rate and profit margins.
1: You know, growth rate is really important. You know, if a company is very small and the growth rate is high, you know, it may be less meaningful. But as a company gets more scale, if they can maintain a a, a really healthy growth rate, that, you know, tells a pretty big story. Here are a company that's doing... Less than a million dollars, you know. Ideally, you know, you're you're growing exceptionally fast, and you're not going to, you know, be that small f- for that long. I mean, a million dollars is a great accomplishment. So I don't want to take anything away from from a company that achieves that goal. But you know, you know, the companies that we typically see at those early stages are growing, you know, quite a bit faster than that. Um, and then, you know, well, yeah, once a company is You know, more mature, maybe twenty, thirty million in sales. You know, a fifty percent growth rate. You know, five zero is you know I'll call impressive. And then you know something. You know, if you're growing slower than your category, that that's certainly a red flag. So if your category is growing at ten percent and you know your company is growing at you know six percent, you're lagging the category growth. Um, So you know that's a metric that companies are going to want to keep track of pretty closely. And then, of course, you know, profit margin, you know, you know, it's possible to to support companies for, you know, a short period of time if they don't have a healthy profit margin. But over the long term, that can be really problematic. On the margin side, I, I think, you know, there's, you know, the higher the better, you know, as long as you can deliver, you know, the quality that, that you need to, um, to compete. So, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, you know, I'm going to talk in terms of manufacturing margin, you know, just to make it a little more simple, because, you know, gross margin tends to be after trade spend and other variable expenses that are, that are different depending on what company you're in and what category you're in. But, you know, manufacturing margin-wise, I mean, ideally, you're seeing a manufacturing margin, um, which would be at least 50%. I think that's kind of a, a great starting point i mean again the higher the better and in some cases you know a lower could be okay you know you know especially long term if, if you know companies feel like the opportunity is is for you know in in sourcing manufacturing down the road and and you know the company knows that if they do that then they'll get you know back the you know the 10 percent they need to get to 50 for instance um and then, you know, I think that, you know, if you go up from there, I mean, certainly not a lot of companies have super, super high margins in food and beverage, but some do. And, uh, you know, the higher that gets, the more wiggle room that you have to do promotional activity, to to do brand marketing activation, certainly to hire high-quality talent and uh, management teams. Spire also
0: notes that potential investment targets also need to have a clear business plan that's actually written down, which is something I know that those of you who listen to our investing in the future of food series have heard me say over and over again.
1: The companies that really have the most, you know, thoughtful plans that, that have been put on paper, you know, in terms of you know how they're thinking about their their margins, how they're thinking about their personnel, how they're thinking about you know their growth—not just for the next three months, but for the next three years. You know, those tend to be the companies that <clears throat> become the most exciting for us to to to, to speak with because there's the most for us to dig into. You know, certainly people that come with really, really, you know, a ton of passion, but, you know, not a lot of, um, you know, plans that have been put on paper. I think that that can be tough. Uh, you know, generally our first question is, can you send us your plan? Because, um, you know, we love a great conversation, but we really, you know, in order for that plan to translate to a, whole organization and a team of people trying to accomplish a goal, you know, if it's not on paper, that just gets to be real tough. And it's tough for the investors to buy in, and it's tough for the the teams that are asked to execute those plans to achieve it.
0: Once a company signs with Boulder Food Groups, Spires as a team is able to provide more than just capital. It can also provide experienced guidance through many common challenges, such as supply chain management price pack architecture, personnel and organizational structuring, and other long-term strategic planning goals. And with that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week, and to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive
1: and profitable week.